Um, we're in the middle of a series entitled Present. Over the last several, I don't know, nine years of Spark, apparently, according to Danielle from last week, we're pretty heady and intellectual. Uh, apparently that's my fault, or some of it's my fault. Uh, so, so she was uh, mentioning last week. Um, well, one of the things that I think a lot of people are intrigued about Spark that I hear, the things that I think I get feedback from from people who come and visit, is that um, they'll come on a particular Sunday and then they'll identify something. It's like, oh, you guys are for social justice, or you guys are really for refugees, or you guys are really in-depth into the Bible, or you guys are really about studying in Israel. And there, there's this panoply of responses that has come my way over the course of the years. And I think what's interesting to just share with you all at um, regular intervals at some particular point is that, yes, all of that is true. Spark is kind of odd and funny and quirky and diverse in that particular sense. And one of the things that I have lamented sometimes is that when somebody shows up to a service such as one of these, um, you might get a, a sense or an impression of who we are, um, which is maybe a little bit different or distinct from a sense or, or impression that you might get from a completely different service, like our anniversary service where Junior just busted out with the, the team and we were outside and there was tacos and everything. Um, so... This series, I think, is coming out of that very same grounding and that very same root of attempting to reground ourselves, not just in talking about and thinking about and processing intellectually and learning things up here, but in actually just sitting and being and absorbing and resting in the very presence of who God is. For all of the theologizing and studying that we've been doing, this particular series is inviting us to consider thinking about God is obviously important. Thinking about our faith and our theology is obviously important. But sometimes, every now and then, you just need to sit in it. Um, and this is very much like the traditions that you see all throughout the scriptures. You'll have in-depth philosophical debate in Ecclesiastes. And then you'll have just a wonderment and almost a speechlessness in the Psalms. You'll have a rigorous debate about philosophy in the letters of Paul, and then you'll have the comforting words of Jesus say, let me, let me just give you rest and comfort. And so this series is coming out of that root. Last week, Danielle opened us up in a discussion on prayer, and we practiced a few of those elements then. And today we're going to talk about worship. And I thought I'd invite Junior to the conversation because he is our worship leader. And um, the problem that he and I discussed when we first started uh, doing this is that we've got about 20 minutes and he and I have been doing this for a long time. In fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but this is, this, I found some of these in the archive. Who is, who is that handsome feller? Who is that guy right there? Who is that? That's 2008. That's, uh, oh my goodness, that's 13 years ago. That's crazy. So, that's when, so this is a youth ministry that Junior and I were a part of. I'm over there on the base. There he's in the key, keys, and we got all the kids. And, of course, we had blue lights, Danielle. We had blue lights up in the GX room. Uh, so that's what happened. And then we did, some, we, had, we did some camps together, which were super, super fun. Um, and Junior's been leading the kids, and uh, worship ministries for all sorts of generations and ages for many, many years. And um, it was fun reflecting and pulling back some of these images. This is just a brief sampling. We've been doing this a long time together. 
So it's, it's been a lot of fun. What I thought that we'd do today, because there's so much to discuss um, in the journey, is I, I thought it'd be fun for you guys to just to get to know this guy, because he's incredible. And when, this was my, this was my thought, Junior, I didn't tell you this when we were prepping for this, is that when I think about this series, Present, and when I think about worship, there is, uh, I don't think anybody else in my life that embodies and incarnates the very presence of God in worship than Junior, when I think about that. And so, the, and that's a, a huge piece of your ministry and all that stuff. So, okay, so there's my introduction. Junior, would you please introduce yourself? I would like to know, first of all, your full name, because I think that would be a lot of fun. And then where does that come from? And give us a little brief history of your spiritual upbringing and heritage. Would you? Sure. So my full name is Fadiliu Tangata Jr. And I'm named after my father. It's a I'm from uh, Samoa, the island of Samoa, American Samoa in particular. Um, and my father's name is actually, the whole thing is Samoa. And what that means is to interpret or, yeah, to interpret the good news of Samoa. And so, um, so I come from the largest clan in the largest village of American Samoa. So, my father came here years ago and, you know, these guys have a chip on their shoulder and him and his, uh, and his brother, they're a bunch of gangsters, got kicked out of Samoa. The elders told him, you guys are just, just doing too much here. Go to the States. So that's to give you a background. But what comes with that is um, just a heavy, really heavy uh, uh, and uh, turbulent home, you know, with that kind of uh, edge on my father and, and um ego, if you will. And so that's where I come from, Polynesian island of Samoa. Um, I grew up in a Pentecostal church in Samoa. And, and so that's how I grew up in, in, the, in the Samoan tradition. And then uh, when we came here from Samoa in 1975, um, we continued to go to that church. And that was my upbringing. And it's very, in, in our church, in, in Samoan churches, if you will, Pentecostal churches, you almost don't need a worship leader. You just start the song, and the way it works is there is no worship leader. The deacon or whoever is conducting the service, he calls out the song, and then the team sings the song, and the church just takes over. It's just very vibrant, very uh, emotional, if you will, very energetic, very expressive. Um, and so that's just the way, you know, and you're seeing that out of me, right? Uh, the, the culmination of all of that. Right, upbringing the, the, the feistiness of of the culture, uh, or warrior type culture. So all that is blended in there, yeah. and um, and so that shows up, you know. And right. we just don't care. We just are out there and um, just uh, really appreciating, you know, the goodness of God in our lives. I think this is one of the things that was so interesting. It's like you cut your teeth on growing as a worship leader and as a worshiper. Yeah in that particular context in which it was like the community just surrounded you with this. This wasn't like, oh, we wait for the worship leader to show up. It was all-encompassing. Now, that, that, my understanding is that that's tied to also a, a theological or, or a faith understanding of who you are as a Christian, right? So tie, that, like, tie the expression of worship to what was actually believed about who you are as a Christian. 
Yeah, I mean, if you weren't if you weren't worshiping, like if you weren't expressing yourself, it was almost uh, like, "Are you saved?" kind of thing, right? <laughs> and there's a issue, there's a problem with that because you then grow up judging people who don't come from that background, right? You end up by default you just like, "What's wrong with that person? Do they not love God?" and and these are the things. And Spark has actually helped me a lot too. Um, all these years and just being around Kevin and Danielle and just their way of thinking. And then now with Spark, just seeing different things, uh, you know, it's okay for people to sit and worship, right? It's, it's okay because there are, people don't come from where I come from, right? In fact, I read, it was something that Kevin, you know, shared with us about, about introvert. And he, he was just coming into his uh, knowing, you know, who he really was as an introvert, <laughs> not knowing what he was actually doing to people by just being who he was, right? But in, in that, it said that more than half of the world are introverts. And here we are as Pentecostals trying to make everybody, you know, climb a tree when most people are fish and they just want to swim. You know, it's kind of that thing, right? Where you're, you're trying to make a, 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 a fish climb the tree. Well, you can't do that, right? So I've learned over the years and, and even being here, I've been here since 2019 and, and my, my, my uh, shift, you know, my thinking has shifted in that way where I'm more, more relaxed. Um, I mean, I would love to, because again, I would love for this church to just be banging, everybody bouncing off the wall for God, right? Because I've seen, I've been to the place where I've seen that and I've seen the energy and I've seen God move within those, uh, those, that context. And I mean, move in miraculous ways, right? It happens. I've been there and it's, you can't change my, my mind about those things, right? All in the context of worship. All in this, this thing we call worship as a body of believers. But at the same time, I see the beauty of allowing people to be where they are at and worship where they are at, right? Now, <laughs> me as a worship leader, I'm always going to draw the crowd in. Come with me. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I enter in to... to uh, you want to say God's presence? God's always here, but I mean like being more aware of of, of His presence here, right? Being not not being uh, self conscious about you know your neighbor, but just going for it, just releasing. There's there's a lot to say about about that when you're in a place where you can just release that to the Lord. Uh, we had a night of worship, and there was this gentleman. I had no idea. We sang in the choir together. This guy was about to commit suicide that night, night of worship, during the night of worship. Right after that, he was going to go oust himself. That night, he changed, God changed his heart, and he received another chance. But it, it's through that context of uh, everybody just going for it, everybody just digging into God in that, in that sense, right? Uh, there's power in that. And so anytime you hear me, Drawing you guys out and inviting you strongly, right? Uh, yeah, I'll say, do what you want, blah, blah, blah. But really, I want you to come with me. Come enter in with me. And let's see what the Lord has for us. Because he does. He does. There's a, uh, in the scripture that says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Right? There ain't no way in the world God's going to draw near to you unless you make the first move. He's a gentleman in that way. Yeah. All right. I love everything that you just said. Awesome. I mean... There's a couple things I, that I would like to highlight. Like, I, I think um, 
let, let, if, if, I, if I may share, because we've talked about this a little bit fo- before, the whole, the whole kind of um, uh, emotional context, if we call it, or the expressive context of this particular congregation was that it was hard for you, right? Because it's like, you, yeah, if everybody was bouncing off the walls, we got the drums and the bass kicking, and we, we had that every single Sunday, but you had to make some adjustments in your thinking in, in that. And that was, but that was hard too, right? It was like, it was a challenge. The reason why I appreciate that is not because I think any one of those is correct, but I think it exemplifies the spirit about this is that we recognize that there's a diversity here. And that was the thing that I love that you articulated and that you're, you've embraced an appreciation for my introvertedness and my anti-expressionness, right? Um, and so I think the inverse is also true. This is my encouragement and why I love Junior so much is that when Junior then encourages, invites us to engage in his particular way, that's also a call for us to also make some adjustments ourselves, right? Because when there's a body, when there's a community of people that bring this level of diversity in this expression, that's what makes it beautiful is that we get to draw something out of you as our leader, but you as our leader get to draw something else out of us. So that's one thing that I really have appreciated about you. And I know it's been, I know it's been, uh, you know, a shift and, you know, an adjustment. Every congregation is a little bit of different in how they express, you know, like the Presbyterians are called the frozen chosen for a reason, right? So um, the other thing that I really appreciate, which goes into this, this thing that I'd love for you to articulate, which is what is worship is that your expression of worship in this context isn't for the sake of just putting on a show. That's very, very clear in your life and in how you've taught me and how you've led us. So let's, because you, um, I think you have some amazing insights. What then is worship? We call this portion of the service worship, but that's, I think you have a little bit of a different Take or articulation. What? Yeah. How, how would you articulate and that's that? Great, because I want. I had another thought as well. So my definition of worship, and and this became clear, um, just as I'm here with you all here at Spark, um, it just crystallized. And my my definition is that the totality of one's life lived before God, right? Because, Wait, say that I mean, seriously. Say that again. Worship is worship is to me the totality of one's life live before God or the totality of your life live before your God right because we're all in different places too right to thyself be true to thyself be true uh, and what James says um, if you know what to do what is right but you don't do it to you is a sin so we're all in different places right but um, what does that look like? So w- me understanding that I could never, I could not put something on people anymore. Right. Um, in this context, because worship is the total, the total package It's the total of your life. Somebody who may not, uh, let's say, um, be expressive worshipfully here may live a life much stronger than my life outside. You see what I'm saying? But that's worship. That's worship that they are faithful to their wives, faithful, you know, to their taxes or whatever, faithful to not taking even a pen off of somebody's table. I mean, these are things that the Holy Spirit had taught me before I even got into the Bible. I started living this life of worship 
before I even started getting into it, right? Because it's what made sense. The Holy Spirit started teaching me all these things, um, not being rude, right? Uh, if you love God, these things follow. And so that is my definition of worship. I could no longer put it on people, you know, to, uh, you know, these prejudices of mine where if I don't see people jumping, it ain't happening. God's not here. Yeah, you tripping, right? <laughs> you tripping because it's more than just this context. Now, it's good. It's good that we, we, we go for it and, and really, as a body of believers, show our affection to God. And that's the other side of it for me. It's like uh, it's a relationship, right? And what that, does that look like? What does that relationship look like uh, through this context? Do we sit on God? Do we engage? Do we, uh, it's because it's a relationship, right? It's like, do you, if, you, if you love your wife, you buy them flowers. Um, if you love your friends, you don't do them wrong kind of thing, right? So when we come here, what does, that, what does our relationship with God look like when we're in this context in every aspect of the service? Right, so these are questions, and we rather than me impressing my opinions or my prejudices on everybody else from here to there. Now it's now we got to think about it, right? What what is it that we are gonna we are gonna offer God while we're here in this context? Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, that makes I hope that makes sense, right? Well, and it's like um, if. And I love this definition. I, I mean, we, we could go an entire biblical study on worship, on the, the words and the terms and the usage. I, your definition is spot on, in my humble opinion, regarding the analysis of our spiritual heritage and our biblical heritage. Um, for example, in, in the book of Exodus, one of the most common phrases you might hear is, let my... Oh, oh, yeah, see, we know let my people go. The full phrase is let my people go so that they may worship me. The Exodus story is actually a question about who are you ultimately going to live for and ultimately going to serve. So it's not just let my people go, although liberation is a, is a key theme. Uh, liberation so that you can then live for God rather than live for the empire of Pharaoh. So that's part, part of that. So I think your definition of worship being the totality of your life is huge. Then... If we draw the logic, as we were you know, discussing earlier this week, when you then come to a moment or a song, and a song is part of our, our being, our essence, you know, the aesthetic, how we express ourselves, that expression is just simply a, an outgrowth of the kind of relationship that you have with God, your awareness of who God is, how good God has been in your life, is in your life, etc. right? And so this is one of the things that I... I sometimes feel is often missed when there's an expression. There can be an expression of worship because I just feel good expressing myself, raising my hands, jumping up and down, singing loudly. But this is what I love so much about the way you approach this. Your expression of worship is rooted in your relationship with God and your understanding of who God is. Yeah, yeah and, and it comes out with, I guess, part of my personality, the culture that I come from, come from the, the warrior culture. And, and when I say warrior culture, it's like we have this word called koa, ole koa. Koa means a warrior or somebody who's brave. So we have that in our mind as well when we approach God in that sense where we're not going to be ashamed to express ourselves openly because we're not ashamed of God. So we have, you know, in my head, I have all these things that plays in there. But I think it's more true to the relationship. It's 
for me, it's true to the relationship. If I say I love God and we're in a certain context of when we're in this context, then I express myself in such yeah. a way, right? Without right. any judgment on anyone else. But it's, it's very spot on what you said. It's very much the, the relational part and how good God has been. The, the saying to do he who has been forgiven much loves much, right? To those who have been forgiven much love much. And so what does that look like for, for people who, and I, and I think, I think too, what happens is in the church, a lot of people who, who, who are in the church, who call themselves Christians, um, maybe they haven't had something catastrophic happen to them in life where God changed them. Right. And I don't know. Part of that plays into my thinking of why people may not be like that. But I think, the, the bigger part is just culture, where they come from. Um, but this is where our job is, is to teach people, but also invite people into that space. A lot of times I'm inviting people into that space because I want you to experience what I experience. I want you to experience, because it's, it's hard to experience that if everybody is, the collective is not there to experience it with us, that, that synergy that happens in, and how God just comes, the awareness, our awareness becomes even more as we engage together, it, it's a beautiful thing. And Kevin and I say it all the time. We love it when we hear you sing. It, it's just, it's crazy. I wish you could hear it from our side. It just, it just blesses our heart. But you can imagine what God feels when the collective is worshiping like that. And just, you know, especially when it's passionate, right? And that's why you see some people, they'll leave healed, literally healed out of a service. Literally their lives are changed out of the service because they're going after it. And then you see those who just take up their baggage and, and leave the church. It, it's just, I guess, how you're engaging God. How is it that you're, what are you bringing, right? What are you bringing here? Uh, Kevin talked about it, right? Uh, we, there are sick, there are things that we do in these sacred spaces that God has given us. There are things we don't do, right? And so that begs the question, what, that's my question for us is, when we come to this place together as, as a collective and as a body, what are we bringing here? And, and, and that, you know, it, it, you, only you know that. Only you know that. What are you going to give here while you're here? And, uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that Danielle had encouraged us to do is to not only just talk about it, but to also do it. So I'm going to grab my guitar. You want to introduce a little bit of what we're going to ask them to do? And- so one of the things uh, we talked about, we wanted to just pose the question, you know, in, in this context of what we're doing, um, in this context of worship, is we want to ask, what is it that you've never done before while you, during a, a worship service, right? If you've never lifted your hands, if you've never uh, really, really sung out in just from the depths of your soul, if you never... Um, clap your hands or whatever, what is it that you've never done that you may want to push yourself towards, right? And so I, we encourage you, do that. Do something that you've never done before, engaging in, in the way you engage God, right? Um, and that could be wherever you're at. You, you know your own comfort zone. We're going to go into these songs, um, and so I encourage you, engage God in this. And this is what, what I mean by when, when I say, let's engage God in our, 
in our worship and in our praise, right? What is it that you are bringing here to God? It's not to spark, right? It's not to, to us who are singing up here. It's to God. Again, it's the totality of our lives. Everything matters. When God tells me, don't take the pen that's on the desk. It doesn't belong to you. It may be small to everybody else, but God is checking me on that. Because them little things, right? If you're unfaithful with those little things, then you're going to end up robbing a bank eventually. That's how it goes. And so when, when we treat everything um, seriously with God, man, I, I, I bet God will show up in ways that we've never, never, ever fathomed. And I come from that charismatic movement where I've seen God move in crazy ways. And, I'm not, and it's not like the norm for me. But God was just so gracious to show me his hand and show his face before me in that way. So as I sing and we sing, do something you've never done before, whether it be standing. Because one of the other things that we do is when we have visitors, this is what we're doing. We're modeling, you know, worshiping God. I seen, I was driving Uber once and I was at the cell phone tower and there was this Muslim guy in between cars. We were parked over there waiting for a a ride to to hit our, our phones. This guy pulls out his mat faces the United building and bows down right there in the parking lot. I wasn't convicted, but I'm like, man, these guys worship their God anywhere. I mean, expressing, that's what you call worship. The Bible calls that worship falling on your face. This is exactly what they were doing. My question to us is, are we going to do that for our God? You know what I'm saying? Again, this is no judgment on anybody, but we pose the question, right? When we come to the sacred place, what are we bringing, right? It could be, and, and whatever it is, whatever it is, that's just the question. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. Here I am. You're all together, love. All together were all together wonderful to here I am, here I am to worship, here I am to bow, Father, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together love. The word all together one for to me, and I bring an offering, God. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praise that I sing. Lord, make us aware. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh, Lord, I bring it all. I bring you ourselves, Lord. I bring an offering of worship to my King. Noah, the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you, Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. 
Oh, Lord, I bring an offering, and I bring an offering. Spark, what do you bring to the Lord? What do you bring to the Lord when you come? No one on earth deserves the praises that I see. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh, Lord, I bring an offering to you, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, I bring an offering, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, I bring an offering to you. Thanks, friend. Thank you, man. Love you, man. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Ivan. We're going to move into a time of communion, and uh, this is just uh, every time I come to communion and think about what this symbol means, it's just always appropriate. If worship is the totality of your life, communion is also the totality of who Jesus is, was, and continues to be. And so as we celebrate and take communion together, it is to express once again our gratitude, our awe, our thankfulness, and our devotion to this very Jesus who gave the totality of his life for ours. And just as Junior was sharing, and I've uh, been just so encouraged and inspired by his, not just his worship leading, but the way he lives his life, I hope that as we take communion today, we are also encouraged and challenged by how we live and by opening our hearts and our minds and our eyes more to seeing the goodness and the love and the grace of God and to let that be the soil out of which our devotion and our practice and our worship comes and flows. For in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, blessed and broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. All are welcome at this table. As we sing.